Hello, everyone, and before we get started on this very special Matrix franchise episode of the AT and WB podcast, I wanted to tell you this is a commentary track for the very first Matrix movie, and you may want to sync up your personal digital or tactile or HBO Max version of the first Matrix movie, and you can watch along with us. For this episode, I am joined by a co-host named Matt. And for some reason, throughout this entire commentary track, we never utilize the perfect Matt Matrix pun and call him the Matrix, probably because it's not funny. So without further ado, let's get jacked into the very first Matrix movie, and we're going to enter the Matrix in 10, 3, 2, 1, go! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the AT and WB podcast. I am your host, Chris Booker Taylor, and today we have a very special episode. It is the first episode of our Matrix movies. We're going to be discussing all three Matrix movies, as well as the upcoming Matrix 4, whatever the hell that's going to be called. I really hope it starts with an R, or whatever it is. Uh, and well, the Matrix are something. And, of course, the Animatrix. And the comic books, too. I think uh, maybe we'll get there. And Enter the Matrix, the video game. Maybe Path of Neo and Matrix Online a little as well. And then that is literally everything the Matrix we could possibly do. I am here tonight with the Matrix expert. The person who ha- owned, since its inception... The Matrix and Philosophy, I believe it's called. I know I have Buffy and Philosophy and Star Wars and Philosophy, of course. But it's no other than the Matrix expert himself, Matt Vicari. Hi, Matt. Oh, hello. Yes, I I don't know if I'd consider myself an expert in all things Matrix. But I think for for all intents and purposes, uh, we can call myself an expert yeah it's like we're lovers not experts but like we want to be experts that's like what we can hope to be in all that's of right this. that's right i can call myself an expert but as long as there's no one else here who can who can also call themselves an expert then i don't have to uh, challenge my title exactly and that's over here tonight is not to challenge titles but to watch the matrix we're watching it right now the very first matrix that came out in 1999 it's the very first scene with Trinity, and she's just like sitting there, uh, staring uh, in the corner, or like you know, and with her hands up, and she's about to do that little frozen thing in the air. Um, so, Matt, I know I'm pretty sure we saw the Matrix Revolutions together, if I'm not mistaken. There's I a chance. It was a while think- ago. Yeah, we should talk about our experiences with the franchise. Now, this movie came out in 1999 had a budget of 63 million uh domestically do you know how much are made domestically i mean maybe i shouldn't say it right now just get let you guess all right i'll just guess what did you say what did what was the budget it was 63 million 63 million was the budget i'm gonna say 99 gosh let me let me say ask um say high or low hot or cold but did it did it double um it did double it did double. Okay, it at least doubled. Domestically. I'm going to say 600 million. Worldwide? Worldwide. That's my wow. guess. 
it's definitely colder lower is that yeah uh i mean i think for the time it, it was considered like a high it definitely is a high grossing movie yeah it was a huge success especially with the competition of the phantom menace like star wars episode one at the time like in fact i remember people not liking the phantom menace and liking this more and being like this is the new franchise which is funny because like a lot of things that this franchise does in the connectivity of through the animatrix and the enter the matrix and all of that is like what star Wars is doing now with their expanded universe and with their cartoons and their comics, their animated series, their live action series, like how the, the you know, the world is all a living, breathing thing that's continuing and everything is in, in Canon. And it's really interesting. Right. And everything was in canon first in the Matrix with all of this expanded stuff. It's so cool. Yeah, they they were one of the first ones. Well, maybe not necessarily, but they definitely knew how to follow suit after, I think, things like James Bond and Star Trek and Star Wars. And I think even Lord of the Rings, the, at least the first one had to come out. If I'm, Am I wrong? Or maybe it was leading up to it. So it was 2001, yeah, I think. Yeah, like this is when Alan Horn was like at Warner Brothers and not at Disney. So he like he was putting together these franchises. I don't know if he was fully behind the Matrix and you know, he was behind like the Harry Potter films and just making sure like he had Warner running at all cylinders at this time with all of these like huge movies coming out. They really knew how to franchise before Disney did, before Disney bought all their franchises this last decade. <laughs> right. Which is fine. Just, but that's just, yeah. I mean, Disney's all about appreciating the fans, I believe, because, yeah. uh, you know, they're keeping these franchises alive. And as long as they know the fans are interested in these franchises, they'll keep pumping out content revolving around them. They don't have to create any new original content. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, yeah, they just have to. I like that the idea of uh, having these movie worlds and like keeping them living and breathing. Like, I do think that's like really interesting and cool about all of this. So, like, for Warner Brothers, like, Harry, the Harry Potter movie universe will stay alive, I think, for a very long time, at least for one more Fantastic Beasts movie. Oh, and hopefully sure. a Cursed Child trilogy and, uh, yeah. Uh I think like you said or, or alluding to like these universes are definitely infinitely expandable and I think the matrix kind of was is like what am I trying to say the matrix is kind of built for that to be infinitely expandable because it's not just about the people that are in the matrix it's about it's about everybody everybody's plugged into the matrix and it's about how the matrix affects all people, yeah. whether or not they're still plugged in or whether or not they're out uh, in the real world, whether or not they're, and, they're, yeah. And they, I mean, they do deal with that with the main bad guy, the main villain in this first movie, like how he just wants to be part of the Matrix. He doesn't want to see the real world. He wants to forget about it. Uh, so, like, it's interesting. But then I feel like they don't really deal with, like, other people as much after this first movie maybe a little bit in the animatrix and again i haven't read the comics so i don't know how did you have you ever read the comics i did get to see the comics a little bit a lo 
uh, again, a long time ago, but I, I think I didn't uh, overly connect with them because to me, they didn't, I didn't, I don't think I knew at the time that they were considered canon. I think they were just sort of like connected to the animatrix. They were more connected to the animatrix than they were necessarily the, okay. the, the trilogy of films that were released. Yeah, I know Neil Gaiman wrote one of them. The Matrix has you, Neo. See if you're watching it live with us right now. If you sync up this podcast at the very beginning with the movie. Follow He's the, following white, the rabbit. white Rabbit. Yep. So I'm pretty sure now. Um okay, so it didn't it made less worldwide than six hundred million. Came out March thirty first, nineteen ninety-nine. It made do you want to you read you ready for it? It made 465 worldwide and that's 171 domestic and 293 international so it's like do we know uh for that year for 1999 do we know what made more money than the matrix um that's a good question i'm not i mean it does even if even if something else did beat it the fact that the matrix came out on top by i mean what else had the wakowski siblings done before the matrix Oh, we'll get there for sure. They okay. did like one other movie um, before this. Yeah, I can't put I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, not a Wachowski's expert, just the Matrix. <laughs> well, and we will get there because there's um, there's some interesting stuff about that. Um, so, so the the supposedly the Wachowskis actually worked on this script for five and a half years and went through supposedly fourteen screenplay drafts, which makes sense, I guess. Like trying to perfect this. Yeah. And I believe they did consult with a few philosophers at the time also. I mean, they I mean, even I mean, I know we're getting to the third movie, they even feature a, a relatively prominent modern day philosopher in the third movie. Real oh, life wow. philosopher. Yeah. That's cool. And they uh yeah, they 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 hired these two storyboard artists. So just like George Lucas, they h- hired Steve Scrosi and Jeffrey Darrow. And they created over six hundred storyboards and they got the project sold in Greenlit. And like I said, it's similar to what George Lucas did when he hired Ralph McQuarrie to do all the storyboards before Star Wars was back when it was the Star Wars, you know, before it was nothing. And they originally conceived this as a comic book and worked on it uh, before their first movie, Bound. So that was their first movie was Bound. Bound. Wow. I don't think I've seen Bound. I'll Me neither. You haven't yeah. seen it? No. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I I wonder if it's worth watching. I wonder if maybe it's connected to the Matrix and we don't know it. It could very well be. Well, I mean, at least in the sense, I wonder if there's like Easter eggs somewhere. Yeah. And there's definitely Easter eggs throughout this movie. Um, and there's like there's different references that this movie like that other things that are from Warner Brothers like reference. Like, you know, different TV shows that Warner owns that have referenced this movie and, and other movies. And we will get there. Specifically, mm-hmm. like, there's other, like, Lego Batman, for instance. Agent Smith's actually in the Lego Batman movie. Oh, so yeah. there's, like, yeah, of course, obviously. Well, I mean, <laughs> after, the, after this movie came out, it was such a huge smash hit. It just kind of entered the general lexicon for, for 
for i don't know for everybody so it just everyone was starting to talk about the matrix or the matrix code and then people had had it on their backgrounds people were buying sunglasses and trench coats so they could look like characters from the matrix yeah yeah act like they knew kung fu and then that just obviously went from like our living rooms and into other pop culture media tv shows people are referencing on random you know nightly sitcoms or other movies even that whole bullet time sequence has been played out so much and that's that took a mind of its own yeah here i can i can blow through some of them quickly like uh in the sopranos there's an episode where aj gives the dvd to his mother for her birthday and six feet under there's an episode where uh, Keith reminds David to return their copy of The Gatrix, a porno version of The Matrix. Wow. And uh, in, in Veep, uh, the episode Midterms, one of Jonah's staff members compares Selena to Neo from the film. Um, in real time with Bill Maher, it's mentioned in one of Bill's final monologues. That's kind of boring, but that happened. He mentioned once. The Matrix? That's so yeah. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh for the w that was for hbo for the wbcw like in gilmore girls it's been mentioned a couple times uh lane recalls a desire to go full matrix on a girl who inadvertently insulted her i'm um, just i'm getting these like specifically from imdb so like i didn't actually write these perfectly these are pulled. You, you're saying you haven't done your research you haven't gone and looked at all these old tv shows episode by episode combing through the dialogue and scenes to see if they mention the matrix I have done that with um, with Buffy, with Angel, with Gossip Girl, uh, but not with Gilmore Girls, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Um, so in another Gilmore Girls, uh, Grant accuses Kirk of watching the film on DVD without him. Uh, and then another one, Luke compares Nichols' lawyers to Agent Smith, mm-hmm. saying they multiply like in The Matrix. So do you think most of these episodes are from like immediately after the each films released particularly for the first film i'd imagine yeah this is all around 99 2000 you know it's, it just happens to be like the wb network was popular all these shows and the matrix but i think the funny thing is is even if somebody mentioned the matrix today i think it's still an, an ingrained enough in most people's memories that we would at least you know give it that passing nod be like, oh yeah the, another yeah. matrix reference we get yeah. it yeah it's just like We're clued in especially for our generation maybe not for like the i call the, the new generation, generation yeah generation z do you know what i've been calling them now no what? The, the zoomers since covid oh, yeah. has them all on zoom for high school nowadays i think that that's makes funny. sense i think that's a, a perfect description yeah in Dawson's Creek, it's mentioned by Dawson in the episode Self-Reliance. Several characters mentioned that Jonathan supposedly starred in The Matrix in the Buffy episode Superstar. That's really funny because it's like an alternate universe. And uh, the Buffy episode Never Leave Me. Andrew says, can I just walk around for a while in my coat like The Matrix? Um, like how they're all in the trench coats. And the right. Angel episode Birthday, uh, Someone says, actually, this is more of a construct of a mall, you know, like in The Matrix. In another episode of Angel, Angel is talking about this movie when he describes a film with people in pods and someone who fights to free them. In Charmed, 12 Angry Zen, never seen Charmed, when Lupin tells Billy how to use her power, she asks, no, Ben the Spoon, there is no spoon. Like you're saying, these are just all ingrained in our pop culture now. 
Right. And I feel like that's such an interesting risk that a lot of writers take. And to mention a pop, another pop culture element yeah, and assume that their audience knows, or at least the majority of their audience knows what they're referring to. But that yeah. goes to show how widespread the popularity of the matrix was at least at the time. But I think even at least the first, the first movie still carries its popularity today. Oh, for sure. And it's a very postmodern thing. Cause there's like, classical post-classical modern post-modern like a movie referencing another movie or tv show referencing another movie is a very post-modern idea you know and like something like the matrix or something like the lego batman movie like i said like the the joker's villain has a team of villains and you know he has like uh i think he has uh um agent smith like on his team and so it's like you know, like that's like the most aware that you can be like, like having all of the default villains from all of the like different Warner brothers movies, like together mm-hmm. in one movie. It's very yeah. self-aware. Uh, oh, and then in gossip girl and all the pretty sources, Dan and Chuck watch it and discuss it. And I remember that specifically because like Dan goes to Chuck and he's like, I never thought of you as like a matrix type of guy. Hmm. Was that then, supposed to be like an insult? Um, no, just because he's just like a very, uh, oh yeah, he just does it like, because I guess it's more nerdy, the Matrix. So almost like, I guess it would be the reverse of an insult if you, if you think that nerdy isn't cool. Does that make sense? Right. No. Nah. She doesn't yeah. think nerdy's cool. Who, Gossip Girl? Yeah, whoever the gossip girl is. Do you know who the gossip girl is? Because it's one of those two people, actually. Is that insult? I mean, that might be bad to admit, I guess, if I don't know who the gossip girl is, but I will make that admission. I think this is very important to the podcast because Gossip Girl's coming back on HBO Max, and uh, both the show You and Gossip Girl are Warner Brothers like shows. So Gossip Girl is very important to this podcast. I'm just saying. And okay. who is Gossip Girl is very important because I want that person to play Nightwing in uh, the actor. I want them to play Nightwing in a Batman movie. I feel like I should look up Gossip Girl, and I am right now. Yeah, because it's it's Dan. He's oh, you saw you right? You've watched you. I have watched you. Yeah. Okay, so that's who Gossip Girl is. He's the main character from you, the main actor from you. Oh, yeah, there he is. Wow. I had no idea. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And Begley. And that, does Gossip Girl take place in the Matrix? That is a great question. I, yes. I mean, now it's all becoming clear. Yeah. See, they also have a bunch of uh, the DCCW shows, as I call the DCW universe, like The Flash Cisco refers to the film and mixed single signals. There's a poster on Cisco over Cisco's bed, an elongated journey in a night, and in Godface Ralph calls neurostatus field generator the Neo Matrix, whatever it is. And then in the Jackie Chan Adventures, which was on the dub, Kids WB, the I Battle Jade. That. that was so good. The Battle Jade has in her dream spoof. Some of the moves in the Matrix, the leaps between buildings and Trinity's freeze frame kick, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, that, that show was great. And when he was doing that, uh, he was, um, he signed over to play, to be in spy jam, which was going to be a space jam spinoff with Jackie Chan, spy, spy Chan, no spy jam, Jackie, Jackie Chan, Jackie spy. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, real quick and supernatural. When Virgil is shooting everyone in the studio, one of the crew dodges the bullets Matrix style and Supergirl Parasite Lost. Brainiac says, enter the Matrix while erecting the dome. That's the name of the game. And then, um, let's see, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, when Meathead presses all the buttons on the elevator, it is reminiscent of Neo's off-imitated gravity-defying abilities. The Boondocks. Um it said it's like Big Brother, The Matrix, in the episode The Real. Also, Riley calls Huey the Morpheus in The Passion of Ruckus and Robot Chicken, Operation Rich in Spirit. Keanu Reeves plays the same Blaine character in different movies. And a sketch uh, with Keanu Reeves dressed as Neo is in the Robot Chicken Junk in the Trunk. Um, Red and Blue Pillar mentioned in a Rick and Morty episode. Um, there's a scene with Buttercup and a helicopter and a Powerpuff Girls episode. Um, the background for the internet chat looks like the Matrix from the Matrix trilogy in a Teen Titans episode. Another Teen Titans episode. Um, Control Freak's training is similar to the Matrix's training. And he even says, I, I even know Kung Fu. Whoa. Which is what is said in this movie. Right, right now in the movie... Uh, Neo's like mouth is being glued shut by the agents through matrix powers. He's about to have a bug inserted into his stomach through his belly button. Uh, so, and then for HBO Max stuff, uh, Big Bang Theory, Sheldon uses it to mock Dennis Kim. I've never watched the Big Bang Theory. And then another episode, Sheldon says, I am in the matrix, I see everything. Uh, there's a uh, bunch of episodes of Chuck that reference it. One, two, three, four, five. Chuck versus the leftovers versus the frosted tips versus the hack off and versus the baby. I've never seen Chuck. I don't. Oh, and versus the first bank of evil. In a flashback scene in the OC, in the case of the Franks, young Seth mentions the film in the conversation with young Luke, which makes sense because Seth. Cohen would obviously be a Matrix fan, huge Matrix fan. He meets George Lucas in that show. Real George Lucas, actual George Lucas. Yeah, he has he has like dinner with George Lucas, and George Lucas is actually like in the episode. He's he has dialogue. He's in the episode. He talks to the character. Hmm. I think he's like like George is interested in Seth's script. If I'm not missing something like that. So Morpheus is talking to Neo on the phone right now in the movie. The first time he gets to speak to Morpheus. Yeah. They haven't have met a yet. Yeah. I have a couple more of these we can rip through real quick. Rip so them. For WB Games and Injustice Gods Among Us, uh, the Flash's super move is called Bullet Time. And in Justice 2, the Joker says to Firestorm that he has swallowed the red pill. Firestorm clarifies it's the wrong Matrix. And then in Mortal Kombat 11, Cassie wonders if she could dodge bullets and her father tells her she won't have to. So, you know, Mortal Kombat is like a 
Warner Brothers property, like hardcore. So, like, was it really? I didn't uh, know yeah, the movies were New Line. Um, it, the games were, you know, developed by Midway. But when Midway went out of business, uh, they the company that made just the the Mortal Kombat games was NetherRealm Studios, and then Warner Brothers just bought them outright, and they collaborated, you know, on the DC versus Mortal Kombat game and now with the two Injustice games. And so they've had a lot of collaboration. And recently they made Scorpion's Revenge, which is a animated Warner Brothers animated like feature length film you know, that was straight to digital, I guess, not you know, straight to DVD. And at the very beginning, they have Daffy Duck bouncing around around the Warner Brothers animation logo, and then the animation lo- Warner animation logo opens up. Scorpion is there, and he says, "Get over here!" And he grabs Daffy by the neck and then pulls him into the shield, the Warner Brothers animation shield, and then it closes. Wow, I'm surprised they let it get that. I mean, I guess Warner Brothers is always a little more violent than Disney. Yeah, well, they, he didn't use his like. Oh, he just grabbed it by thing. the throat. Yeah, he didn't use his beak thing inside his arm. All right. Trinity's sucking the bug out of his stomach now. Yeah, they're going to get it. They're going to get ah. This is such a crazy movie because they were a lot more like... I think like they didn't know exactly... You know, they just did what they wanted to do and they weren't worried about building a full like universe when they were making this movie. So like yeah, bug in the stomach, like a weird mirror that like turns the goo, like your mouth being glued shut. Like sure, why not do all this like crazy stuff in this movie? Yeah, somehow it all just kind of worked because we figure out early on that this isn't like this reality doesn't follow the same rules as our reality. That we're able to have a better um, sort of separation. between like we have a better understanding like oh yeah anything can go in this in this universe things don't always have to be explained for us to be to be just like to fall in line with their yeah. rules yeah and then i have a i have a bunch of warner brothers movies that reference the matrix like the new shaft movie from 2019 when shaft when shaft asks if they'd ever slept together Benny says she'd remember fucking a black guy who looks like Morpheus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> in the Lego movie, the way the master builders can see the possibilities inherent in the Lego pieces around them, something Emmett, the chosen one, learns to do near the end of the film, you know, similar to The Matrix. And this Lego movie, too, it's, re- it's mentioned by uh, Rex Danger Vest as a movie older kids get to watch. And the movie Isn't It Romantic? Nat is comparing her alternate universe to the Matrix for single women. Uh, and Inception, um, it's well, it's not in the movie, but like the Matrix is obviously uh, cited as influenced by Chris as by Christopher Nolan as an influence yep, for Inception. Sense. Yeah, uh, we already said that uh, Agent Smith is part of the Joker's gang of villains from the Phantom Dimension in the Lego Batman movie, and my favorite one. You ready for this? You ready for this? Hit me. Neo can be seen in the final battle of Ready Player One. Oh, I th- and I think, I don't know if I actually spotted him, but I think I at least knew that. 
going into Ready Player One, having been a fan of the book, I went to see it when it was in theaters, the movie when it was released. And, uh, you know, the whole whole game of that movie is to see how many pop culture references you can spot over the course of the whole film. Yeah, and then especially for this podcast, it's like how many specifically Warner Brothers and Spielberg references can there possibly be? That's what they're really combining in that. Like, we have all these Warner Brothers properties we have all these Spielberg properties. Let's just shove them together. But I don't know if I spotted Neo. That's great. I'll have to go yeah. back and look for him. Amongst other things, yeah, there's tons of stuff they they have in the, in that movie. It's crazy and that book. And Marvin the Martian is in it too, as well as I think Deadshot and Harley Quinn. So there is a lot of uh, like Warner Brothers love in that film. Oh, and then in Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, in episode 401 in 2009, uh, it was given as an incorrect response to a $500 question, which is really sad. Uh, Do you remember what the question was? I don't. I don't, unfortunately. But all of the Wachowski movies that have been produced have been like Warner Brothers films. Uh, I don't know about that first movie, but like... All of the ones like they produce, like Ninja Assassin and V for Vendetta, both Warner Brothers properties. Mm-hmm. Um, Speed Racer, Cloud Atlas, Jupiter Ascending, all Warner Brothers movies. And then they have three movies that they were developing um, that are defunct now, but they were three movies that they had in development hell forever at Warner Brothers. Do you know what those three movies are, Matt? I don't. I believe one of the Wachowskis had gone off to do a film on their own, but I don't remember what the what the property was they were working on. No, so the answer is no. If it's not The Matrix, then I, I don't really follow the Wachowskis and all of their projects. Okay, it's not Sense8, the Netflix show. Ah. It's not, though. Okay. They, they have, I guess they decided to bury that one. Netflix did cancel it. Yes, but they, they then they gave it like a Christmas special or you know like a special. So we're red or blue pill right now. Red or blue pill. Which one are you going to choose? Definitely blue. I want that steak. I want that delicious impossible meat steak. Mm. How do you Digital eat an impossible steak. meat? It's it's really good. It's not bad. It's not steak, but I understand the benefit. Oh, yeah, it's not steak. It's it like if you need it's ground beef is what it is. I don't think they make a steak version yet. Not yet. But uh, if they made if they made lab grown meat, I'd consider it. Yeah, so the Wachowskis were actually um they had a DC comics property that they were developing for a while. And that was gonna be Plastic Man with Keanu Reeves. Really? Yeah. I mean, they just love Keanu. They'll use Keanu for anything at this point. That would I mean, anyone, everyone wants to use Keanu. I think the Matrix is what brought him back from, I don't know, relative, like, unknown. Like, obviously, he has been working and been working for a long time, but I think the Matrix is what brought him back to work. Like, he's been in so much stuff since the Matrix. And the yeah. Matrix recognize that they love yeah. him yeah that would have been great if they actually made a plastic man movie with him maybe they can still do that 
I mean, is it shelved indefinitely? I mean, they should do it. Yeah, that was like that was like a decade ago, like 2008. They were talking about that 2009. And then another movie they had was going to be King Conan, Crown of Iron, the third Conan movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. They were developing that for a while. I think that's the one I had heard about, but is that also shelved? That's also shelved, yeah. They had frequent clashes uh, with uh, Milius concerning the, you know, the direction of what they wanted to do with the movie versus what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I believe that um, that yeah that that project was abandoned. That was a while ago too. I feel like that was like two thousand four, two thousand five. They were developing that, and then the final one is Robin Hood, a.k.a. Hood, with Will Smith. They were developing that for a while, too. Really? I bet you Will Smith was like, I missed out on being in The Matrix, so I just want to work with those two. It was going to be a modern adaptation, so I guess he was. it was going to be like more modern day. For Robin Hood. I, that's surprising i didn't know i mean i guess it's sort of it works people might recognize the character of robin hood the whole stealing from the rich and giving to the poor might work today yeah you might be interested in that concept yeah starring will smith of course yes you know will smith was uh one of the people that was considered to play neo neo right do you know any of the other choices were there's a there's a lot i don't know if all these are actually true this is just what the internet is saying will smith is the only one i knew of and i think he turned it down to work on was it hutch or something Mm -hmm. like that no no, not not hitch it was wild wild west it was wild wild west that's right oh that's and that's the only one that stood out and i think it's because he was like maybe i think it's the story was so funny i don't remember the other people that were considered yeah um yeah, but did you have you seen Aladdin? Because it's basically Hitch too. Uh, I haven't seen it, but Me now neither. I know. I, now, if that's true, now I know I need to see I, it. I saw like twenty minutes of it, and the entire twenty minutes, I was like, "This is just Hitch." It's the exact same movie. Now that you say that, it makes sense. I've only seen parts of Hitch too. That so makes sense. I'm bad. I'm I'm bad with uh, seeing Will Smith um, getting people. Uh, together movies, I guess. Unfortunately, that's why he didn't. He didn't love this role. It wasn't sexy enough for him. Yeah. So the other choices were Johnny Depp, Brad Pitt, Val Kilmer, Mark Wahlberg, David Schwimmer, and John Cusack said he tried to get it. Leo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio turned it down. Ewan McGregor turned it down to do episode one, and David Duchovny turned it down to do the X Files movie. Hmm. You know, and, hearing all these names, it just feels like now having seen obviously all the Matrix movies, that Keanu's portrayal of the Neo character just makes the most sense. I can't imagine any of these other actors. I think doing Ewan it. McGregor or Will Smith would be interesting. Um, David Schwimmer would be just like crazy i would love to see that <laughs> just i could see david schwimmer i mean yeah, i'd just be so weird it'd just be a completely different movie it's funny i guess i could see him doing karate 
Why not? Why yeah. not David Schwimmer? His whole career would be completely different. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt, I can see it now after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with the karate he does in that movie. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And do you know who their first choice was? But I'll give you a hint. That person tragically died in 1994. Oh, God, I can't. I don't remember his name, but was it The Crow? Yeah, Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee, thank you. That's kind of embarrassing. I don't remember his name. But yeah, though, I did know that. And I think Brandon Lee would have killed it, honestly. But... Yeah. This would have been meant for him. Like, this, yeah, this would have been perfect. But Keanu's great. And Keanu has this whole career resurgence, too, with the John Wick movies and with this new Matrix movie. It's, it's well, great. And that's the thing also is, I, like I was kind of saying before, this kind of remade his career as as an action hero and i know he's done actiony style films like point break comes to mind right now that involves some element of action but speed speed yeah but since since those movies he's it's more like hand-to-hand combat like john wick he's Absolutely. like an action star now So that's really yeah. funny about all the uh, the other actors who who were potentially tapped. Val Kilmer, God, wasn't he? Didn't he do what was it called, Battleship Earth or something? Uh, was he in Battleship Earth? Yeah, yeah. I wonder, was that? I think he turned down the Matrix to do Battleship Earth. I don't want to speak out of turn though on that, but I think that's that might be true. Is he in Battleship Earth? Because I, I remember yeah. as, like Barry Pepper. Is that what his name is? Barry Pepper. No, I don't remember. Uh, it stars John Travolta, so not Val, yeah. Val Kilmer. Okay. He's the... you know, that's a funny thing about me. I always get Val Kilmer and John Travolta's names mixed up. For some reason, it's like it's a it's a disability. No, it's it's fine because you know John Travolta got Idina Menzel's name mixed up, so it's perfectly acceptable. Honestly, wow. Did you know who was up to play Morpheus? And there's some good names in here. Like, I would love to see these alternate Morpheuses. Hmm. Hang on. What's his name? Wait, I'm thinking. I'll get it. Uh, James Earl Jones. He's going to be my guest. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing James Earl Jones. No. <laughs> I think he would have been a great Morpheus. Yeah. I don't think he would have been fighting so much, but I, yeah. he would have been a, he's like a great commanding voice. Bruce Lee. No, I'm just joking. That would have been all all the people that have died. Yeah. Uh no, Samuel Jackson. Um, okay. Yeah. Gary Oldman. As Morpheus. I could see Gary Oldman almost as like a cipher character. Yeah, that would be really good. Uh Russell Crowe. It's so bizarre to hear that these names were possible choices for Morpheus. Because because it's done so well. The Nebuchadnezzar. That's the name of their ship. Because there's like 26 ships or something. There's like a bunch of different ships, a bunch of different people, crews on each ship. And so in this movie, you know, we mainly meet the Nebuchadnezzar, but there's all these other ships. I remember uh, when we first see the plaque for the Nebuchadnezzar and nobody knew how to pronounce it. Uh, yeah. Until, I mean, I think it's actually, the name's actually spoken. Yeah, and we'll get there, because there's a there's an interesting story about the character Switch as well. Um, 
Well, let me finish this up. Yeah, we said Russell Crowe, uh, Chow Young Fat, Morgan Freeman, Denzel Washington, Anthony Hopkins, Malcolm McDowell, which would have been cool, and Robert De Niro. Hmm. Robert De Niro just like making that face that he makes, like, eh, you're in the Matrix. Eh. Like, it would have been great. And then uh, for Trinity, Jada Pickens Smith, and then she later became Niobe in The Matrix Reloaded and Enter the Matrix. Yeah, they kept her. And Janet Jackson, supposedly, and wow. Michelle Yeoh, which would have been really great, Michelle Yeoh. She was just in, uh, was it Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was trying to put the name to the face, but that 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 could have worked. That could have been good. Yeah. I mean, if they're looking for somebody who knows why or foo, she would have fit right in perfectly. Yeah, she would have been great. And she was also in Tomorrow Never Dies. And recently she was in Crazy Rich Asians, which is a Warner Brothers movie. Really, really big, huge blockbuster Warner Brothers movie. And then, um, oh, yes. So, and then for Agent Smith, uh, Christopher Maloney was uh, suggested as well. Christopher Maloney, again, trying to. Law and Order. He was in Law and Order for a while. He's in Wet Hot American Summer. He plays like the chef guy. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's so bizarre. Uh, You know what? This is why they have casting agents. And the people who did the casting for this film, I think, nailed it. I mean, I imagine all these people gave. Great uh, auditions, but the people that were actually cast are just like iconic characters now. You know, yeah. when, you at, when you look at Keanu, no matter what films he has done or is doing now today, I look. You look at him and you think, "Oh, that's that's Neo." Yeah, or that's at least one of the names that comes to mind. Or Lauren yeah. and you think Morpheus. I still but, definitely do that. Anytime I see Lawrence Fishburne in a movie today, I'm like. Oh, that's he's playing Morpheus. I feel like he's just playing that's Morpheus, Morpheus. Right like there. when he was in um uh the Blade Runner 2049 movie, he's like that's Morpheus, right? Yeah. Which is great because like that that Warner Brothers owns another Morpheus, which is the the Sandman comics. I don't know if you've ever read any of them. I They're... have read uh the first couple books of it. Maybe actually maybe it was just the first book, but I I think I, I just read the first book as well, but yeah. yeah. See that that sound as loud as is that your your pretzel bag? It's my pretzel bag. Uh, so we were as we we're saying, Morpheus' ship is called the Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible, in the Book of Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar the second of Babylon was famous for taking Judah and Jerusalem, and he built the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, a lost seven wonder of the ancient world for his wife. He had dreams that troubled him and wanted to know what they meant. He was a dream questioner in a way, which is suiting for Morpheus. Uh, He demands all the wise men to be killed because they can't interpret his dream. Daniel, a.k.a. Belteshazzar, says he can help and basically tells the king that he dreams of the future. So, And then uh, on the Nebuchadnezzar, it says it's a Mark III number 11 model which may be a reference to Mark 3.11 in the Bible, which states, Whenever the impure spirits saw him, 
they fell down before him and cried out, you are the son of God. Hmm. So that makes sense. I mean, that's a very clear connection with our Morpheus in the, in the matrix declaring Neo's affiliation with being the, the one. Absolutely. I think if I didn't get that wrong. <laughs> yeah. Just, making... um, putting a baby in, uh, connected up to the tubes. Yes. Neo's learning about the real world now. Yeah. And he's kind of in the duck and muck, like void the space between the matrix and the real world or like a this scene has been programmed multiple times also in various media. Yeah. And I even think like before it, like, a white void is a very like common trope, but like the matrix really like perfected it. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. I mean, you'll see, I think I even recall things like in family guy and other, and various media, like you have the two chairs and a TV and somebody explaining something to another, to another character, an unsuspecting person. Absolutely. I'm just saying like the Looney Tunes episode, duck him up. always reminds me a lot of the white void in the matrix. Mm-hmm. I don't, You'll have to send some of these clips to me. I don't remember the duck em up. Duck em up was the episode of Looney Tunes where like, it's just like, it's just Daffy Duck and he's just like hanging out in this white void. And then all of a sudden the animator starts like drawing stuff for him. Yeah. And then turns him into a screwball at one point and he's walking around on all fours. Yeah. That reminds me of the Matrix. And then it's revealed at the end. Do you remember who the animator is at the end of Duck em up? Bugs. Exact. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah, yeah, I remember now. But that's funny. Uh, that is like Bugs is the architect type situation, pulling the strings. Exactly. He's the architect. The Wachowskis must have been inspired. It all yeah. does come together. Yeah. That's what we're proving today. It's all connected, at least in the Warner Brothers universe. It's all connected right here. So the FedEx envelope that Neo gets at the beginning has a blue and red FedEx logo. And he gets a selection between red and blue ink. Ooh blue and red in this movie everywhere a choice between the two do you want the blue part of the fedex logo or the red part you can only look at one uh it's got to be red is that fed or is that x oh i don't know and what i guess the void part there is a white void in the fedex which is the arrow Ooh, just like the matrix all connected so many connections so Belinda McClory's character, uh, Switch, which we, we saw her before. So was originally going to be a male in the real world, but a female in the Matrix, which is why she's named Switch, but Warner changed it. So, changed it. I believe I had read about that. That is a, the Wachowskis, uh, and they cl- or some sources claim that that was the Wachowskis talking about, like sort of, uh, you know. Being transgender. Being transgender or gender, at, you know, amorphism or something. Yeah. Oh, ab- I absolutely. That's what that one hundred percent. I would say is. I would hope too that in the Matrix Four, whatever they're going to call it, uh, that they will have a character that is like this. Now they'll actually do this idea. Which, by mm-hmm. the way, what do you think the Matrix Four is going to be called? I have a, I have a couple of names written down for it. Well, I agree with your statement earlier that it has to have an R. That I mean, that that's the only thing that makes sense. So I also think have... we're opening up like the possibility. We're making one, and I feel like 
we need to finish this trilogy now. So you need to make two more after this, right? Or is that just me? You can't make uh, start start a new trilogy without finishing it now. <laughs> if there, I mean, I agree honestly, and I think if it's if any other if other franchises that are out there are any indication that they'll probably go for another three and this the fourth matrix movie might actually be the first of a new trilogy kind of like what you're alluding to now so even though neo and possibly trinity and other memorable characters from the first three movies are in this fourth one it might just be setting the stage for a new hero and maybe another matrix iteration another reboot and in fact that could be even the r name for the new matrix movie matrix rebooted i love it which could play on on a few different levels. Obviously, it's a reboot of the original franchise, and it's also you know has that computery tech connotation that people understand, like general population understands. Oh, reboot! That makes sense. It's a little tongue and cheeky, a little on the nose. But... I think if Kevin Smith didn't make Jay and Silent Bob reboot, it would be absolutely perfect. But I still think it's a perfect title for The Matrix Four. I think you hit it the nail on the head. I think it should be called The Matrix Reboot or The Matrix Rebooted. There. Yeah. You do that. The Matrix rebooted. Perfect. Kevin Smith can't say anything about that. Yeah, you get away from him a little bit. See, I had The Matrix recorded, reanimated, Requiem, redeemable, The Matrix reward, or The Matrix resurgence. But I'm just stealing these from Alien vs. Predator 2 to Independence Day 2. Yeah, that's funny. That's true. Resurrection would be so funny. Because also that could play into The Matrix themology. I mean... I don't want to give away anything if everyone, anyone hasn't seen all the Matrix movies, but we understand the idea of the Neo character being uh, somewhat like a Jesus in some respects. And yeah. we know in the, in the Bible, so they tell me this Jesus character is, is brought back from the dead. He, he's resurrected. So I could see resurrection being a title. But then, yeah, it would totally remind me of what what is that? The fourth alien movie. Yeah. If there aren't aliens in the resurrection film of the Matrix franchise, then the I'll fourth be one. Disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, so we also had a radio show, you and me, Matt, back when we were in high school. Do you oh, remember yes. this? Oh yes. In fact, I, w- I just was doing some cleaning of the apartment not too long ago, and I did come across some of our original recordings. Did you find the Twix container that has like all the old CDs in it that oh are probably all flaked gosh. off? Twix container? No. Do I own this? No, I might. I might have it somewhere. I, I think I, you must have that. I have a single disc. It's like a D or a CD-ROM with some recordings, which I haven't listened to yet because I don't have a CD-ROM right now. But, wow. But um. But yeah, I have them on my Google Play. Okay. But yes, yeah, of course I remember. It was a great time. It was the Name That Show show. I don't remember the uh the name the name our show show. Name (laughs) our show show. I think we we went through a few different title changes. (laughs) Absolutely. I don't think we were we had to because people FBC rule. Yes. And people named the show, so we had to rename it every week. Right, that's right. We we did have a few regular listeners and, and, and even callers, which wasn't allowed. Yeah. And the first season we entitled A New Hope. And the second season was called Revolutions, which was an homage to the third Matrix movie. That's right. 
Yeah, and I remember the graphics you drew for some of for some of the seasons that we were all together for the radio show. And I think there were some sunglasses and trench coats or something involved, if my mistaken, if my my memory isn't mistaken. I think you might be right. Yeah, I still have those too. I still have those drawings, at least digitally. Right now, Morpheus and Neo are fighting. This is the first time he's practicing his newly acquired kung fu skills. Yeah. I guess that me, like those drawings that I made for our podcast for each season was kind of a precursor to this. I mean, sorry, for our radio show in high school. Because our our high school did have its own radio station that like went out to the like I guess local like local community. Yeah. It was AM. Was it AM? I thought it was, was just it, really, well, really maybe, maybe it was FM. I don't I don't remember. I think it was really remember. low FM, like eighty nine point five or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. But I do remember doing it and it was a lot of fun. It was. And um, we're just about to get to the point. Um, let's see. The Wachowski say all the animals in the Matrix program are not real. Oh, yeah. I think I remember reading about that also. The machines don't bother plugging animals into the Matrix. I guess they're all wiped out in the wars that are talked about more in the Animatrix. Yeah, there's that two-parter episode with different animation styles that specifically talks about the, the mm-hmm. war before... The movie, I guess it's way before the movie, because would it be before like the seventh? Because they're the seventh iteration of the Matrix, right? We find out later on. I think something like that. Yeah, they're definitely a. De- they're not the first for sure. I believe yeah. seventh makes sense. Yeah, uh, the the sunglasses they all wear is from a label called Blind B L I N D E, and they are handmade and are crafted for each character's personality. That's hilarious. I mean, this whole movie, whether, you know, love it or hate it, the Matrix films, particularly the se- the sequels, the two sequels, but so definitely some with the first one, they were all very much kind of a bit of a product placement ad. And the sunglasses included, because all these items, cell, from cell phones, Nokia cell phones, to the, to the blind sunglasses were marketed like crazy afterwards. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, product placement's a part of perhaps uh, making money to produce a film. But that's one of the things that stood out about this movie also. There's some, there are some blatant moments. It's, yeah. And the sunglasses are one of the things that are in your face the most. Yeah, and the spring-loaded phones are, are the Nokia 8110s, the, I guess, 8110s, a.k.a. the Nokia banana phone, a.k.a. the Nokia stilettos. Oh, and wow. it's the first commercial phone with smart SMS technology. So smart text messaging technology. Whoa. We just got the whoa. Whoa. It's looking over. And but so it makes it, sense. I mean, what a great commercial for your product to be a part of, right? This this movie about the future. Everyone wants to have the next bleeding edge consumer technology product. And yeah. if Neo, a guy in the in the matrix. Who's who's like jumping across buildings and learning kung fu has this phone. I want it too. Yeah. 
I think it's, it's brilliant and marketing. Yeah, and they're like the coolest phones ever and the coolest glasses, especially Morpheus's that just clip to his nose. Top of his, his bridge of his nose, yeah. I mean, you don't see sunglasses like that too much anymore, but I think definitely for the time, the late 90s, early 2000s, they were uh, they were definitely present. Yeah, and you don't see cell phones like that anymore either. No, but like you said, they kind of set a trend. Yeah. You know, SMS was included in the in the, these particular cell phones, then obviously that's still around today. Well, so Keanu Reeves had a two-level fusion of his cervical spine, which caused paralysis of the leg during pre-production. So that's why he doesn't kick much during this film. Oh, he punches a lot, and maybe he kicks when he's on, like, uh, right. He does do a few kicks, but he's not. I always thought that was by design because Trinity has the kicks, kicks, you know, she's got the legs, she's the one doing the scorpion kicks in the air and everything. So I thought that was sort of like one of her main fighting traits, so to speak. But no, that makes sense. I mean, she got injured during this film also. I think everyone did. And I think everyone got injured on the next one as well. Um, this is a lot, a lot of people getting hurt throughout these yeah. movies. I mean, I guess if you're not relying on a stunt person the whole time, then yeah, doing the scenes that these people are doing, you're bound to get hurt. Yeah. But now, and then with the fourth movie coming, I wonder, because obviously they're all, they've aged a bit. How much more or less actual fighting or wire foo are these people going to be doing? Are we seeing are going to be seeing more stunt doubles, more wire foo that's done in a creative way, CGI even? Probably more computer generated, yeah, stunt doubles for sure. Okay. So for this scene, also for this scene that we're watching now, they don't use stunt doubles; they use identical twins. That's uh, right. So, yeah, this woman in a red like- scene. The two sailors that just walked by, two people that are at least dressed alike. Yeah, and I think the the reasoning I read for this was because this is a program that's designed by uh, uh, Switch. Actually, mm. I believe it was Switch or maybe it was Tank. I think it's Switch, and because he doesn't have Lady all Red. The, yep, there's Lady Red because he doesn't have all the resources that the actual Matrix does. He had to copy pieces of code, and that's shown by the fact that there are copies of actual people on scene and he just froze the program. And if you look around, you can see that there's twins or doubles of people walking around. The only few unique people in the, in this are the, the lady in red, the police officer and the agent. Yeah. And like literal twins, like actual people who are twins they use for this scene. Oh, so that's a fact. It's not just like doubles They're They hired actual twins. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it made it easier for them, I'm sure. Also, um, do, do you know what his... Because he calls him Mr. Anderson throughout the movie, Agent Smith. But do you know what his full name is? Thomas Anderson? Yeah, it's Thomas Anderson. I, I think I knew... I don't know why I knew that, but I I think... I don't know if that's given in the film. It must it have is. been uttered. I think you can see it. You can read it on his file. When he's being interviewed initially... By the by, the agents in that little Here, like interview room. Yeah, I here's some other stuff yeah. that you can read. Uh, you can read his date of birth, which says March 11th, 1962. 
his and place that's the day the movie was released right it was march 11th or and it was march 31st so. 31st okay well they maybe there was a swing and a mess there <laughs> yeah they're they're root they're trying to hit that i'm sure someone's birthday is march 11th 1962 so they just maybe like, there's a thomas anderson friend who's born then yeah uh neo's neo's place of birth is lower downtown capital city a uh, mother's maiden name michelle McGahey. M-C-G-A-H-E-Y. McGahey. His father's name is John Anderson. He attended Central West Junior High and Owen Patterson High, which is named after the production designer. Right. Uh, This is going to be crazy for you. I don't know if you know this. So his place of birth. So then on his passport, we actually see different information. Okay. So his passport says that his birthplace is capital city. USA, which is correct, but then says his place of birth, I'm sorry, his date of birth is September 13th, 1971. So it makes him nine years younger than what it said in the file than that Agent Smith had. That's that is bizarre. And I don't know if I've read an explanation for that. Maybe, maybe what Agent Smith has is his actual age. While what his passport says is what his like, no, because it says his place of birth, which isn't in capitals. I don't know. Maybe it's in the real capital city, lower downtown, not like his. I don't know. What I was thinking, and I think what you were possibly going to get at is that the fact that it's there's a chance that his passport was a fake. I don't know why he would need to his live at his birth date, but there's a chance that maybe it was that's just a randomly generated birthday but i agree that agent smith probably has the more accurate information yeah i would think so and um so his passport was issued on september 12th 1991 and just guess just guess when his passport expired oh no yes <laughs> do i want to guess do yeah i, I, think, I, I guess? think you got it i think you got this is it 9 11 2001 it is. Oh, it wow. is. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. So this movie predicted 9-11. When his passport expired. His passport yeah. expired that day because of what happens. He, so the, we know Neo survives, at least past then, because he, we know he couldn't be flying. That's true. He wasn't in the air when his passport expired maybe he got it renewed anyway (laughs) (laughs) and we were definitely grounded for a while back then and we are now with through the coronavirus and COVID 19 if you're if you're listening to this far in the future that's what's happening to us right now so now this is when cypher is kind of talking to neo about the all the different ladies he sees in in the matrix code on his green screens screens in the nebuchadnezzar he's deciphering Right. This is the moment that uh, Cypher is actually su- setting up a meeting with Agent Smith. And that's why when Neo kind of like walks up on Cypher, he shuts off the remaining screens because he doesn't want to mm. get caught out yes. communicating with the agents. Wow. Yeah, you're right. The, it's crazy. I want to know what he's drinking, too. This is when he he gives Neo like that that hard alcohol, that stuff he makes. It's probably just like engine fuel. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, he's drinking it right now. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. 
Good yeah. shit. Yeah, I don't know. Degreasing engines. That's what it is. Ugh. But he likes it. He goes back in for seconds. So do, do you know what the matrix means in Latin? Mm, no, the translation? I probably do, but... yeah. I mean, again, this is what... Um... I mean, I've probably heard of it. Is it... Now I'll let you tell me. It it means womb. I was just gonna. So I just, I literally just typed it in on my computer to look it up, and the yeah. first the first word that came up actually was vulva. Oh, okay. And then, but you know, and then under vulva, a synonym would be womb, or or a similar word in Latin was womb. Vulva. So vulva. I but I think womb is more accurate. Makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's apropos for this movie with, you know, he he's like in the womb of this like egg thing to be in the Matrix. Oh, there's right. the snake. The Matrix is like this protective space. You know, you're safe in the Matrix, like the womb. But, yeah. you know, they, it's like when you leave the Matrix, you're being reborn or born mm-hmm. for the first time to see the real world. Yeah, just like Jesus. Jesus being reborn. Yes, juicy and delicious steak. Yeah. So 39 people die in this movie, according to the internet. I didn't count that. Um, there's a there's a date stamp in the beginning that says February 19th, 98, and a date stamp on the phone trace at the program at the end that says uh, September 18th, 99, which means the movie takes place over the course of 19 months. Hmm. That makes sense. I mean, over a year. It's kind of surprising. It feels so much faster to be frank. Yeah. I don't see it taking 19 months, but maybe. I don't know where all this what they're doing in this downtime. Yeah, I don't you know. know. I just I was just thinking to myself, if all the animals are dead in the real world, how did the machines know how to design what steak is like? Is it it's just based off of human memory, I suppose? How did they code that in? That's true. I don't I don't know. They yeah, I guess they had to have some type of like they probably just like downloaded the internet and then were able to know what steak is. Does that make they, sense? They took flavor cues from the from the internet. Yeah, and I also, mean there's what, that what the matrix takes the matrix takes place like in like the two thousand four hundreds or something, right? It's in, uh twenty one ninety nine. Twenty one ninety nine, but in the matrix it's like what quote unquote modern day which i think so was released was 1999 yeah oh yeah yeah definitely it's so bizarre yeah um supposedly too the matrix code was created by the production designer scanning his wife's sushi recipe cookbook i don't know yeah i have read that yeah a lot of it is 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 uh inspired by uh korean japanese and chinese uh, like uh, writings yeah and also like like um like existential like postmodern concepts because like the book neo hides the cd in at the beginning is called simularca and simulation by jean baudriard ba- baudriard and it's about the exploration of the postmodern concept of simulation hyperreality the specific chapter he hides them in is on nihilism 
And nihilism is that feeling of despair that life is meaningless. So nihilism and existentialism. Right. I mean, it, I think he was definitely more of a nihilist while he was still in. Well, he carves out the pages on nihilism. I think I've read about that, too, is what, whether or not he actually believed in what that book held or not. Oh, he was using the book gutted as, it. Like, yeah. Yeah, as like a, a place to keep things. Mm-hmm. He didn't actually believe in nihilism, but he wanted people to believe he did or something by owning that book. It's like having a trophy book that you want people to believe that you that you read, but you didn't you haven't actually. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like I have the book, uh, like the Laura Palmer's diary for uh, Twin Peaks, but I've never read it. Right. But if people come over and they see it on your bookshelf, they'll think oh, it's there. Big it's Twin there. Peaks. Yeah. I although I need to get the new Twin Peaks book for the new season. They wrote a whole book oh, to wow. go with that new third season. Season yet. Haven't seen it. Interesting. It's interesting. I actually haven't even seen all of the second season. The oh yeah, that's finished. the first season's I enjoyed yeah. it. It's uh the second season's harder to get through. Uh, it peaks at like season episode like 9 or 11 or something when they reveal that big piece of information. Right, I've seen bits and pieces of it, and I probably already have it. It's probably already spoiled for me, but... Yeah. Oh, there's an important moment. He drops the phone into the garbage pail here. Uh, later on, I think Morpheus asks uh, Cypher to make a phone call. And then Cypher, you can see him just patting down his suit, like, oh, I must have left my phone oh, at home. Oh, it's somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Also, the uh, the Neo works for metacortex, which means out of brain, like metacortex. Right. Funny. I mean, there's a lot of like pretty obvious nods to just things that are like technical or 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 philosophical, but there's a lot of underlying stuff too. Yeah, get talked about as much, but it's all relatively understandable and i think that's part of what this movie was about is trying to bring some basic philosophical concepts to the masses you know even if they didn't realize they were learning about philosophy that's what's happening on screen and then yeah these these things about about truth and and choice uh, like a lot i think the first movie is mostly about choice right making uh, like honest choices whether or not to believe in something or to to go towards something that's that's honest or to live a lie Absolutely. And it's the beginning of the hero's journey. So like if there's a rejection of like answering the call and there's like reluctance and then there's like embracing of your destiny, of fulfilling your destiny. Yep. Cause like this, yep. like the Matrix and Star Wars too, I feel like is very much about adolescence, about like embracing what you need to do for your future and like embracing that. And sometimes the characters go against that, which is like Ben Solo and um, and Anakin Skywalker and yeah. sometimes like yeah even Luke and like I mean yeah Luke Luke abandons his Jedi training and then goes to save his friends and then gets his arm cut off by his dad or his hand so like those are some bad decisions there my friend and he he ends up learning from them finally like at towards the end of his uh, character arc at the end of the Last Jedi it's really beautiful and anyway, this is that's that's Disney and, and Star Wars. But, but like but the trope is real and i and that's yeah. definitely happening in this movie too i mean it's it's an it's an obvious trope but it works the yeah. hero 
this path. Yeah. And even like Luke has the rejection of the path in the, in the last Jedi. He, um, you know, he refuses to kill his, uh, grand or his nephew, which then creates like, you know, then his nephew like destroys like the, like, you know, if he like, then there was the destruction of the galaxy. If he just killed his nephew, he would have prevented the destruction of the galaxy. The fact that he made the decision not to kill him is, is, the bad decision because it's what destroyed the galaxy in a way. I don't know. It's like a really interesting concept that's in that film. Sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely elements of sacrifice in this movie too, I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the Oracle's coming up. Trying to remember any of the tidbits. I know one tidbit is the, is the Latin plaque that she has in her room. In the apartment, here's your spoon. And, spoon. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of this movie, the bending of the spoon. This is one of those iconic scenes, right? That get that got played out a ton in the yeah. pop culture. There is no spoon. Yeah, and before this, that one guy on um on the ship, the Nebuchadnezzar was talking about like what happens if the blue that I see is actually like the red that you see. And it's funny because as a kid, that was something I used to think about. It was interesting to see someone else have that idea when I saw this movie. Right. Perception. Yeah. It is not the spoon that bends. It is only yourself. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. But, but it's effective in convincing Neo that he's the one and he has these abilities. Yeah. And the Oracle will see you now. I also, there's this one really crazy bit of trivia that I found out about this, um, about Carrie Ann Moss specifically. I don't have much trivia left. But um, Carrie Ann Moss was actually in 13 episodes of a 1993 Canadian TV series entitled Matrix. Oh, wow. So she was, she was like, made for this movie yeah absolutely yeah was, was, do you remember what that show was about it was like remington steel like was like pierce brosnan like being like like being like prepared to be james bond or like roger moore was in the saint to prepare him for james bond like this was yeah carrie Ann moss preparing for like being in matrix to be in the matrix yeah so okay here's the synopsis from imdb you ready yes Steven Matrix is one of the underworld's foremost hitmen until his luck runs out and someone puts a contract out on him. Shot in the forehead by a 22 pistol, Matrix dies and finds himself in the city in between where he is shown the faces of all the men and women he's murdered and to see him fire. He is informed that he will be given a second chance he must earn a reprieve from hell by helping others. He then wakes up in the hospital after an apparent near-death experience. In each episode, Matrix meets a new guide from the world beyond and is given a new assignment, much in the manner of an unwilling guardian angel. Usually his guides give him little or no useful information about the job to come, and his methods of handling the case are sometimes as brutal as the rules of his old profession but he gets the job interesting. done. I mean, it kind of has matrixy elements to it, right? I mean, there's like a rebirth of sorts. 
For sure. Yeah. This is a very TV show idea too. I mean, it's very much like Angel where it's like, you have to reprieve all this death that you've had throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And then she, and she was in this show. I mean, Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie Ann Moss. That makes, that's so funny. It's great. And like, so this is, uh, this is the only movie that the uh, Oracle is in. Unfortunately, she's not in the second or third one. Right. When when you say this oracle, you mean that this actress plays the oracle. I think yes. between this movie and this the subsequent sequels, this particular actress passes away, so they replace her, and they kind of write it off. They don't say it explicitly in the film, but it sort of like goes without saying. Like the oracle takes many forms, and I'm pretty sure, unfortunately, like the the actress died of lung cancer. If I'm not mistaken, and you see her smoking She's in this smoking. movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know how she passed. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I have. I think I have that as in the notes for the Matrix Reloaded uh, for the next episode. But we can say that now. It's fine. It's connected. Yeah. It's, it's on... funny because I don't think I don't remember. Well, I'll wait till the next movies. But I'm wondering if the Oracle is smoking in the next movies or not. Yeah. Who knows. Up there she is. She's Definitely smoking right there. Right now. Fat <sighs> drag. Yeah. And Ke- Keanu looks great at this age. This is peak of his career, I'd say. Yeah. He's hitting pe- it. This is it. People would make fun of him too because he was in that Shakespeare movie and people didn't like him in that. Much Ado About Nothing? I thought he I thought that movie was great, actually. <laughs> I, think I mean I made... saw it a long time ago, but yeah, I think people didn't like him in it. But I think his character was a little whiny. Yeah, I mean, like he he has a very specific range and maybe that movie wasn't it. But like John Wick and like The Matrix and I think some of the like I think he can pull off a rom-com to a degree, too. Yeah, he definitely has done a few rom-coms. And in fact, that's those are the most the things I've seen him in most recently were, I believe, rom-coms more in a. uh like a cameo style role. I don't remember the name of the movie. I think it was a Netflix movie. And he hmm. definitely makes an appearance. Interesting. I wonder, because there's also going to be a new Bill and Ted. Yes. Yeah. be any references. In there's got to be. They, they have, to. have to be. Though Bill and Ted, it's not a, that's not a WD, WB property, is it? No, I don't know. So I, I, I forget it. who puts out Bill and Ted. Probably not going to be references talking about someone else's property then. Yeah. Or not. It could be an offhanded moment. But I. Oh, you know what? It's distributed by Warner Brothers. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think it's, um, let's see, originally produced by Orion. Ownership moved to MGM mm-hmm. following the purchase of Orion in 97. But it seems like... I guess are they making the third movie would be what I would want to know. So maybe they're just maybe they just produce the international version. And Bill and Ted Face the Music is going to be the third one. And yep. it's supposed to be in theaters this year, but I guess not. I think it got postponed. It's it's done. The movie's wrapped and I think it's edited. I think it just it was going to go it just was about the premiere, effectively. I think it was supposed to premiere in June. The, yeah, okay. I pushed back. So it says United, United Artists is distributing it. So 
I think that's like um the they're just they're just like owned by different things now. United Artists is very confusing. Here's our glitch in the matrix. The, the kitty uh, cat. The cat. The deja vu. I love this. Love cats. Like this is great. Even cats get a nod in the matrix. Yeah. Shit. What did you see? What happened? <laughs> a black cat. Like, oh shit. Nah. So you'd be surprised the only time that Batman comics ever referenced the Matrix, like for a cover, was Detective Comics number 40, which came out in May 2015. And they did the like they did the basic cover of the first movie, like the poster, but they did it with Batman instead of Neo. Then Red Hood, I think Jim Gordon instead of Cypher, and then um, Catwoman, obviously, instead of Trinity. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, again, I mean, it's Warner Brothers, so it's just, it's, I guess it's more obvious, but just copying the Matrix themes. I mean, the Matrix was just that popular. People yeah. could get it for anything, and it'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But see, even in 2015, like, I guess like I, like Warner still thought it was important to keep it up. That said, they just re-released all the comic books in a new set this past year for the 20th anniversary. I'll have to pick it up. I may actually pick it up just to check it out. Yeah, I wanted to get it digitally, but I like I, I'll I'll get the actual copy too. I like reading comics digitally now. It's a lot of fun. I they also just re-released at least the first matrix on like, you know, like a high res 4k Blu-ray. Cause I mean, we're watching it on Netflix right now and the quality is fine, but I wonder what a 4k release of this would look like. I don't, yeah. I don't know if it's a remaster. It might just be like an up convert. Yeah. I just watched Scoob on 4k, uh, the new Scooby-Doo movie, which just sets up the Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. And, uh, like the the 4K is like crazy looking. It was just on my TV, but it just like it's everything's so crisp. It's just wild to look at. Well, no, I I know that that was released. Do you think there's any Matrix relations in that movie? Any you know, I didn't see any. I took notes throughout it. There's there's like reference to friends. He says we're on a break. There's reference to um, uh, like the Wizard of Oz, like I'll get you my pretty is referenced, which is Warner Brothers owns Wizard of Oz now. Obviously, Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. um, Daphne's dressed as Wonder Woman. Uh, they reference Harry Potter, um, because Velma's dressed as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and Shaggy's like, "Who are you? Are you are you Harry Potter? Are you Hufflepuff?" And then he's like, "Then she's like, No, I'm a I'm Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg." And he's like, yeah, the Supreme Court justice, you're a Slytherin then. <laughs> what? That's yeah. so funny. But she'd be a Ravenclaw. Let's not even get into that right now. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You think she's be a Ravenclaw? What do you think? I have no idea. I don't know my my Harry Potter houses. Well, you know, well. Griffin, you know, yeah, I mean. I mean, I know what they are, but I don't really know what they represent. I know Slytherin's bad and yeah. the others are good. Well, Slytherin's just like selfish. Gryffindor's more um, snakes. But Gryffindor's selfish as well. Gryffindor's like hero selfish, while um, Slytherin's more like, you know, just selfish, selfish. Like, I'm in this for myself. I always just assume that the hat 
made these decisions not based on some magical ability to determine people like children's personalities, but just because the hat was just making random choices. I mean, like the hat knows that Harry, uh, like knows, um, Parseltongue and knows that he could be in Slytherin because he has like the mark of Voldemort. So like, like the hat can feel that Harry could be in Slytherin. Does that make sense? So, you know, it does work. To a That's degree, he's got the mark. He's marked for success. Yeah. But you know, now I, I'm drawing non-existent ties, probably. But see, you know, I I could see the the connection to the Matrix with Harry Potter, also. Oh, definitely. So Harry's and, definitely Neo. And Voldemort and Agent Smith fight to get like fight together in uh, the Lego Batman movie. On the same side, together. Yes. They're wow. together, yeah. Agent Smith and Voldemort. Also, I believe this fight scene mm-hmm. that we're watching in the Matrix right now, not the Voldemort fight scene. Yeah. This fight scene takes place in the same building Trinity was in, or at least in the same area Trinity was in, in the beginning um, of the film. Oh, that makes sense. And they just stayed there and shot there. Also, uh, let's see, Drake, Nas, B.O.B., Rakim, Absol, Mac Miller, Machine Gun Kelly, Klin, Kifkosifwina, I'm not going to do, do some of these right, Kendrick Lamar, Common, Rick Ross, Donovan, Lamont Johnson, Lupe Fiasco, uh, Whale, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, Gucci Mane, Lil Kim, Currency, The Game, Danny Brown, Kid Cudi, Jeezy, are all hip-hop artists that mention that mention the matrix in their music r&b star chris brown ugh, chris brown uh maybe we shouldn't reference him uh, but he recorded the a song called the matrix and re- released the video that is heavily inspired by the events of the movie and the character neo mm-hmm. where it's just him slow motion on wires beating up rihanna no that's a, <laughs> that's a joke oh no we have to he's, talk about he, it. He's more of a, an Agent Smith. Yeah, I'm not going to not talk about that because that happened. Right. No, there's no reason to, to step around that truth. Yeah. And so, we could talk about Tank and Dozer next time, but like they got like fucked over for the sequel movies. Like They wanted more money and didn't yeah. get it. Well, it's One a of shame. them did. Well, that's when they, they hired, I forget his name, to replace them. Oh, it was the character was Link, and it was um, Michael from Lost, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can't think of his name now. Let's just look it up. That's that's easy. Michael Dawson. That's the character. Harold. Harold Perrin. Harold and Kumar. Harold Perrin. 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 Sorry, Harold. I love Lost, man. That's like Friend one of my of favorite show. shows. Harold and Kumar, we love you. Uh, and Lost, I think the reason why, or at least one of the reasons why I think I like so Lost so much is that because I thought there was a little bit of a relationship with the Matrix also. Not literally. It's not connected in any which way. They're kind of jacked they're... into the island, like you're jacked into the Matrix or vice yeah, it's versa. it's a different reality. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that show definitely was trying to touch upon different philosophical concepts. 
You know, I think maybe it was just sort of like a popular uh, storyline or popular story tropes to hit on at that time. Yeah. I think I have movies and shows. I think I have The Lost and Philosophy as well. I think that's another book. I mean, there you go. That just proves it. That there's philosophy and the lost. They made a book (laughs) about it. Yeah. Oh, Tank's dead. There you go. Uh, Yeah. So Dozer was supposed to be in the sequel and got replaced by Link. Although I think Tank does come back for a second to press one button or something, right? To blow up something. Maybe uh, not. What, in this film? No, I think yeah. he's done. He's done now. He's just done. He's done, yeah. I don't know if they had to, I don't know if they had to like reshoot anything. I think that they were always determined. I thought those yeah. characters were always written to die in the first, in the first film. Maybe not. One of the most famous lines in the whole movie is coming up. I think maybe you'll know it. Let's see. It's not right now. It's it's very soon, very soon. Okay. Yeah, originally those comics that we're talking about too, they were free on the Matrix website for ninety-nine to two thousand three. Oh, and maybe that's where I did see them. Yeah, and but then I they gave download them or anything or or keep them. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. They gave out a free issue to theater patrons of the first movie. But Warner actually recalled them due to its mature content. Mm. Well, now they would. That's a shame. I feel like they would sell. Right. Um, trying to remember what this character's name is. It's just crazy, too, because 21 days after The Matrix came out, like Columbine happened with them, with those kids in trench coats, like. Yeah, they did blame the Matrix for at being, least the entire. Yeah, being terror, they're being terrorists. Ugh, so sad. Well, I mean, you know, I don't think we've hit the scene yet, right? But where Neo and Trinity go into like that white void, and they're like, "Oh, we, we need guns, lots of guns," and that they thought that was promoting gun violence. Not only that scene in particular, but all the 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 shooting that happens in this film. They say yeah. contribute to the idolization of you know guns and weapons of that sort. Especially, so I've been playing through Enter the Matrix, and yeah, you are just like, you know, shooting everywhere like nonstop throughout that entire game. A lot of bullet, I mean, bullet porn. That's been in almost every video game since the inception of video games involving some level of shooting or violence to some degree. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's all bullet gun porn. Right, that's... Here we go. Here she is, not like this. Not like this. And Whoa. <laughs> that, that, believe it or not, I don't think that that line has been reused too much in in like modern pop culture, but that line, at least amongst like friends or it's I, I find that that line gets used quite often. Not wow. Like not like this. Just like it's not your fault from Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, she uh <laughs> Right. I mean, like whenever someone says not like this, I feel like in my head at least, I hear it being spoken by that character in the Matrix right yeah. before they get unplugged. Uh 
That's so like so creepy, but not like this. And then she just go, she just dies. So I think this movie was all filmed in Australia as well. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's why it was so cheap to film because they got all the tax incentives. Oh, see, see, he's back. Oh yeah, and he gets like one last like thing. Oh, that's right. No, we don't see him die. We see Tank die. That's what it is, yeah. And um, yeah, I guess he lives on. And then he just doesn't reappear. He just, I think they mention him. Yeah. Like he, he like retires or he goes home to his family. Or I something. think they mention he dies, if I'm not mistaken, in the second movie. Really? We'll, yeah, we'll get there. But like Link and um, write him off. Uh, what's her face is, is in the second one, who was married to Lawrence Fishburne at the time. And I'm pretty sure she uh, she has a says something about Tankard Dozer. Oh, this is a great scene too. I mean, this is one of this whole scene or sequence of scenes is reused so often. Oh yeah, the uh, the lobby shootout scene with Neo and Trinity. Like that is reused in video games and other movies and TV shows. It's just, it's recycled constantly. Yeah. So Gina Torres is who I was talking about before. I think she mentions Tanker Dozer died uh, in between movies. But yeah, this is in Conquer's Bad Fur Day specifically. Like the the opening, like this this uh the shootout oh, scene. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the Morpheus torturing sequence. No, the this upcoming uh, lobby the lobby scene. Yeah, it's in the it's in Conquer's Bad Fur Day. I think they do a similar scene in the third Matrix movie, like in that underground. Um, it's like a wine cellar of like a club, I feel like. And then uh, in the Enter the Matrix, obviously, they have all these opportunities that are like lobby scene esque, like in the very first part of the game. You're in a post office and you're in the post office lobby at the very end of the first level. And the doors like lock up and then you're just shooting all around, you know, and there's pillars everywhere and all the pillars are being chipped away as they get shot. How, how has that game been in general? Would you say it was like ahead of the time when that, when that game came out or is it pretty like pretty standard fare? It's pretty standard affair. The, uh, the way you control the character is a little underwhelming. It's like, a kind of pretty basic it kind of feels a little off it's not perfected but it's not terrible by any means like i feel like the original resident evil games had a really terrible play control model while this game was not as bad as that but it's not as good as something like banjo kazooie for instance you know um but at the same time it's it's still a fairly solid game for like I'm sh- like I don't know how long it took them to make it, but it's it's pretty solid. There's like other missions that you have throughout it. Like um, there's a mission where you're chasing after an airplane. You're trying to save Axel. He's one of the characters, and you're you're in a car and you're just like driving a car and like your car bounces all around and it just like looks all muddy and gross. The game is in desperate need of a like like uh, like a remaster for sure. Like I don't really approve that, but we might see a a Matrix game with the coming fourth movie or potential second trilogy. Yeah, I hope that Rocksteady Studios, who or one of the Warner Brothers, um, 
interactive companies is making a matrix game. Like one of the companies that made one of the Batman Arkham games, like either Arkham origins or the Arkham trilogy. Uh, The fighting style in those games would play perfectly into uh, the style of the matrix. Yeah. I think WB Montreal, I think either of them could uh, make, or they could be making a matrix game right now. I hope so. Or just remake Enter the Matrix because they have all the cutscenes that they filmed specifically for that game and all the dialogue. You just have to clean up the game, throw it in the engine of the Arkham games, the Batman Arkham games, and you can have an excellent game on your hands. Do you remember the game Max Payne? Yes. Yeah. Payne, uh, the studio Remedy, I think. They... Is that who it was? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're still. I mean, Max Payne was like, it's. I think it's changed studios, but the first studio was was Remedy. I don't even remember Remedy Studios. I think because they might not even exist anymore. But they, um, uh, so they they definitely borrowed the bullet time concept. The first game came out in two thousand and one. I remember, and uh, that that game was awesome. Not just because like oh you're playing a, a detective going after a bunch of bad guys. It was cool because you were doing bullet time every time you like you shot the gun you were flying through the air in a slowed down slow motion version of the world and like lining up headshots that was so cool yeah i'm sure and then like red dead redemption recently did it where you can slow down time and you can like load up like shots you can put x's on certain things and it does a quick shot of everything quick draw shot so actually, I was just looking up Remedy. Uh, 19, in 96, they made the game Death Rally. Then 2001, Max Payne. 2003, Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne. 2010, they made Alan Wake. 2011, oh, oh, wow. Death Rally. 2012, Alan Wake's American Nightmare. Uh, then An Agent oh, of Storm right. for iOS. Then Quantum Break, Control, Crossfire, and Crossfire X for Xbox One for t- in 2020. So they're still making games today, actually. Do you see that they are actually affiliated with, or at least have worked with, Rockstar? And Rockstar, I think, was the company that came out with the most recent Max Payne game. So it wow. kind of that they borrowed that bullet time style of gunfighting for their new Red Dead Redemption game. It may have that been makes sense. Remedy. Yeah. So, uh, uh, it, well, without the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Now, I know Atari made the, and slash Infogrames made the Enter the Matrix game. Was there blue in that shiny. game? Or is it just like just shooting? Yes, there's bullet time. Okay. Also, Beautiful Joe had beautiful uh, had um, bullet time as well, and speed up time, which was a lot of fun. That game was great. Oh, I don't remember that one. Both of them. All well, there's three because there's double trouble for the DS as well. Beautiful Joe, Beautiful Joe Two. Those are really good games. Those are Nintendo. Nintendo games. Um, they were part of back when. Uh, Capcom, they're Capcom games. Capcom owns them. They're made by Clover, uh, were they Clover Studios? And now they're Platinum Studios. Uh, they made a, they, they were a really good developer. I think Platinum's still around. They made like Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Um, 
they made a ton of really great games. God Hand. Um, you seek if you're listening, you like video games. Seek out uh, Clover Clover Studios games and Platinum games. They're all really great. Yeah, so uh, Shining Entertainment made the Enter the Matrix game, and they also did the Path of Neo game. Um, they made a Terminator 3 game, a Golden Compass game, then a game called Sacrifice, a game called Messiah, RC Stunt Copper, Wild 9, MDK, and they made Earthworm Jim and Earthworm Jim 2, and the Golden Compass in 2007. So they made a lot of, like... Uh, licensed games, but also the Earthworm Jim games, which is interesting. So they also made Enter the Matrix. Was now which was the MMO? Was that Enter the Matrix? That was the Matrix Online. The Matrix Online. That's the game I played. That game was uh, was fun, just because you were playing, you were in the Matrix with other people. You know, it was like a an, the massively multiplayer online take on the matrix and uh it wasn't great but it you know for the time it was definitely entertaining i mean it definitely hit the uh the demo young kids wanting to be in the matrix yeah the closest i ever got to like an mmo i guess is like a current game i play called sea of thieves which is your you're just a pirate we play that together Mm -hmm. it's like i don't even think that's considered an mmo but like yeah i've never played any game where you persist in a world where people can come and go out of, out of your game where you don't have to like join a server dedicated to a certain amount of people could be considered an MMO. Okay. So I I believe that Seal to Sea of Thieves could be an MMO. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I've just never played the Matrix Online. I'd love to see what it was like, though, because I know they had like events, too. They tried. I mean, and they tried to have like... They tried to make it a story... But I, it just was, it probably was too hard to control and there probably just wasn't enough of a budget to keep it going and have everything storied out properly. Yeah. I think like Star Wars Galaxies was like that too. They had they had it and it was doing well. And then they tried to like, they tried to like make it easier to become a Jedi, I think. And then like everyone was a Jedi and it wasn't as much yeah. fun anymore. I think there was, one of the ideas was, you were supposed to find like Morpheus or you were even supposed to find Neo. Like you were in, in the, the matrix online. It was supposed to be so such a part of the, of, like of the original film. Here's it was, the, it was Canon and you were actually contributing. See, to how here it is. The, the slow motion. Yeah. It just reminds me of Congress. Bad for oh, yeah. This see. is the scene. I mean, this is crazy. How, yeah. how this is done. You got to watch the behind the scenes for this film, too. It's just incredible how all this stuff is shot. Yeah. Holy shit. And they love using the word shit in this movie, like at this franchise. Kind of like in Jaws when they add the word shit for this to make movie? people laugh. Say that again. What do you know what the rating was for this movie? Oh, I think it was rated R. And it's funny that they only use they only say shit. I mean, they don't have they don't have to use language as a crutch or anything, but yeah. But they yeah, think shit's R. really funny. They use it a lot in Enter the Matrix as well. It's rated R for sci-fi violence and brief language. That's wow. Funny. Probably for this scene, honestly. So it's like, but this doesn't this happen in real life. Sci-fi violence. Say it again. I mean, is this considered sci-fi violence? I guess so because it's in a small lobby shooting guns at each other. 
It's true. <laughs> I mean, that's not very. I mean, it's just, it's sci-fi just because they come from another rate, like a computer generated world or something. I guess so. Yeah, because they're in the Matrix currently. Yeah. Everything has a green hinge or tinge rather to it. Yeah, just slightly. When they're in the Matrix, which is funny because like the the color green isn't anywhere in the real world when you know then the tinge is used in the matrix which is funny because green is like such a common real world color right i mean i think they're going for the old crt panel style console colors that yeah, were I think you're right prevalent back then it was like that green and black i think style. of the original game boy original game boy this is what people associate when you talk about like a computer terminal back in the day. It was just like that green text on a black background. Yeah. And then when they're in the real world, it's like more of a blue, a cooler tones. Yeah. Is this Keanu doing a? I think that actually is him doing the cartwheel. He's all wired up for that move. Yeah. This is him breaking his leg right now. That's so cool looking. It's so great. I love it actually, so much. It's just seen that Trinity gets gets hurt also. Which makes I sense. mean, like, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it's worth it, but it is worth it. I mean, they it's... got paid a lot of money too. Yeah, you can you can do the the kicks off the wall, and you can do like you jump and and spin towards someone, or you can do the jump back and shoot at someone in slow motion in the game. It's a lot of fun. Have and you then, beaten? I beat it back in the day, right before the Matrix Reloaded came out, and I just rebought it. And um, I'm very far in the game now. I played it as Niobe originally, and I'm playing it as Ghost now. I'm at. Uh, I just crossed over with the movie too, so they just delivered like the the package of the information to all of the ship captains, and, and they're in the soar. And then um, Ghost and Niobe, uh, this guy just like opens up this like portal door and they go into that like hallway. That's like the maintenance area between like the Matrix. Right. This is all like revolution stuff or reloaded rather. Yeah, reloaded. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at in that game now. So I'll beat it by the time we uh, watch it and discuss it. Is are the sequels on? Netflix? Uh, I would assume so, but let me see. Let me see. I almost feel like that Keanu is like sexier nowadays than he was back then. They are all on Netflix, uh, not including the Animatrix. That is only available to rent right now. Okay, I wonder. I've, it might it might be on HBO Max when HBO Max premieres in a week. Um, I also don't have that DVD, so I was thinking about rebuying it on eBay for like five bucks. Yeah, I'm sure that like the cl- the classic DVD version is probably very red- readily available. Yeah, I don't know why I don't have it. I think I was gonna buy this all on Blu-ray, and then I just never did. So this is one of my favorite scenes coming up, like or the little moments right here when Neo dodges all these bullets in slow motion. Yeah. This is another famous scene. Obviously, it gets reused a ton. Yeah, and in... this is 
the official first bullet time moment, I believe, where they, they you know, they make that construction of like many, many cameras in a circle around. Here it them. is. Yep. Yeah. Now there's a moment too in the last Jedi where Luke does something similar to this. Like he, he dodges, uh, Ben Solo's like lightsaber swing in a similar fashion to what Neo does here. Like that back bend. Yeah. Dodge, Dodge this. Yeah. That's uh, great. That was probably my favorite line in the movie. You know, another thing I just realized is that the one thing that is useful for the all the green tinge that's going on, the green color hue, is that yeah. because this film was probably shot mostly on green screen, that uh, it almost almost works with the green. You're right. Color. Because when you shoot on green screen, there's a chance that you always get like a little green return on the actors if it's not done well. Yeah. But in the Matrix, it doesn't matter because everything's green anyway. Yeah, you can cheat a little with the, your color correction. That's so true. We just learn how to fly this helicopter real quick. No problem. Let's go. Yeah, this was cool too when they bust Morpheus out. I love how like the water doesn't bother the agents whatsoever. You fight a helicopter and enter the Matrix. You're in an airport at one point. You fight a helicopter instead of getting the B in one, huh? Yeah. I'm like, I want to say you fight two of them. He's kind of like firing into that building with almost reckless abandon. Yeah. It's Morpheus. That's pretty incredible. That's how you know the one. So many bullets. Yeah. And Hugo Weaving's incredible in this movie too. He's so good. I was just thinking about that. The and you know, this is before he did, got to do any of his uh stuff for Lord of the Rings, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and he did War of the, Lord of the Rings for Warner Brothers as well. They like keeping him around. MV for Vendetta. I remember he replaced the other person in V for Vendetta. It was originally somebody else. Yeah, we haven't seen a lot of Hugo Weaving, I don't think, lately. I hope he gets to make a, some sort of return in the fourth. Yeah, I hope so, too. Because he becomes the, almost like the anti-equation to Neo's equation. Right, he's he's Neo's antithesis. Yeah. And if It's just like Batman and the Joker, right? You can't have one without the other. Yeah. So if, the, if Neo returns, I'd imagine agent smith also returning in some form yeah i would i would hope so i don't think they've announced him yet but i would hope he comes back well you know i imagine some kind of cameo or mention at least yeah or they'll just be like some some easy plot reasoning for him to, be, to not be there they'll just write him out like oh we'll we deleted his code no problem yeah Some convenient storytelling. We'll see. We'll see what happens. The Matrix rebooted. Calling the, it now. Calling the Matrix, now. episode four, rebooted. That's how they should do it. 
So this this scene they actually shot very much like the Mission Impossible sequences where like Tom Cruise is doing all his own stunts. Yeah. We hung Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne out of a helicopter that Carrie Ann Fisher was flying. Really? No. But I, I want to believe Carrie Yeah, Moss. I want to believe it's true. I I want to believe Tom Cruise played the Carrie Ann Moss part right here, actually. And Keanu actually holds up a helicopter. Did he just say Trinity? Did I say Trinity? Keanu. Yeah, no, he said Trinity. He's like, Trinity, oh Oh, no. Trinity. See, and you've sent me screenshots, or not screenshots, but like photographs of the filming of the fourth movie, and you see Trinity in it, right? Yeah, and it seems like she's, I think it's like her and him on motorcycles. Yeah. I wonder if they're not actually in the film. Like, as, as what I mean to say is, they're not actually in like a present day of whatever the Matrix 4, four is, whenever that's occurring, and that's like a flashback moment. And oh, maybe. Like filming. Because both, both those characters are dead as far as we know. At least Trinity is, I thought, certainly dead. Yeah, they they both are at the end of the Matrix Three. Well, he's just becomes code. We know that much. Yeah, he like reinserts himself into the code of the Matrix, or or what whatever you want to believe, because yeah. that's not exactly written out for us. And now they're just having a casual conversation. Yeah. After it would be all. great if they make if they have Lawrence Fishburne play like the Sandman, like the Vertigo DC comic Sandman in like a movie or TV series. They're doing that Netflix Sandman series. We'll see if that actually happens. Well, I could see it. Well, like I was kind of saying before, you know, the, a lot of these actors since this movie have been a bit typecast. Right, like anytime they are written into a new story, it's like and play it a little bit like Morpheus or play it yeah. a little bit like uh, you know, Neo, Neo, or or the one of the agents. Yeah, Carrie Ann Moss was in a Marvel Netflix series, Jessica Jones. Oh, she was, yeah, I, she's I, very good in it too. Because I did watch at least the first season of Jessica Jones. My my buddy actually wrote on the first season, and I think the second season of Jessica Jones. Was there three but seasons? It may, I know there's at least two. I don't know if there's three. Yeah, I think he wrote the tenth and thirteenth of the first season. I went to the like his party that he had for the tenth. Jamie King, hmm. cool guy. But you said Carrie Ann Moss in it. Yeah. So was she playing like a Trinity inspired character? I think she plays a very powerful, like, boss character. Like, she's like a lawyer. It's very powerful. And this is, we're heading into the final fight between Neo and Mr. Anderson. No, Mr. Anderson. (laughs) Agent Agent Smith. And it's cool, you get to see Morpheus actually, like, there's like a CG type thing they do to his body when he goes into the phone. Because in the game, they just kind of like shutter the lights for a moment and then it comes back. They kind of cheat a little bit. So it just goes dark for a second. And then and then they're gone. And they go into the phone. Mm-hmm. 
It's also really cool when Trinity, uh, she's on the rope and like she's in slow motion and the explosion is happening behind her. And it almost looks like she hits the camera and the glass breaks around her. It's like such a cool shot. Yeah, the cinematography definitely set like a new bar in a few respects, I think, for many action films after this movie came out. Yeah. See, like, like Neo just has to believe that he can bend the Matrix. Like, it's just a program that, like, if you believe, you can bend the spoon. So in this in this moment when he's fighting Agent Smith in slow motion in the uh, subway. That's what he realizes. They're both empty, no bullets. Well, I think the one thing that they all he also realizes now is that they are almost like mirrors of each other. That's what I think that yeah. moment represented is like they are like moment to moment matching each other. Yeah. Like the code keeps canceling itself out or something. There's a Pepsi machine behind them. I wonder if Pepsi had a... Oh, yes. I believe Pepsi is definitely one of the confirmed uh, sponsors. Or Yeah. Pepsi, Blind. Very yeah. ironic calling your eyewear company Blind. Very clever. That's such like a 90s thing. Yeah, like I'm going to make a I'm going to make a clothing company called Naked, right? A water bottling company called like Fire. Yeah. But spell it wrong. Fire oh, wow. Festival. Wait. <laughs> yeah. That didn't work out. Obviously. Yeah. For some reason my bottling my water bottling company named Fire Festival didn't work out. I, I don't know why. Yeah, Nas was part of that too. Yeah. <laughs> We went through all of the notes that I have. I'm not, and I'm not going to go for word for word what they said in those Chuck episodes. I'm sorry, but there's like six of them. You can look them up yourself. That's just me reading like verbatim IMDb. We don't need to do that throughout the whole thing. But the dust that comes off of Kiana here. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say those. I'm sure those Chuck episodes are worth worth checking out for sure. And I and I love Chuck. He's Shazam, which I love that movie so much. And like when we did the Shazam episode, there was a specific thing I didn't mention. There's one actor in it who's like Wait, you mean Shazam with Shaquille O'Neal. No, that's that's uh, Kazam. That's Kazam. Is that is that right? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Elias Kazan. No, wait, that's a that's a director jack okay not shazam yeah shazam's a new movie uh the new dc comics movie that came out a couple years ago which is really good i highly suggest checking it out perhaps i will you'll have to show me yeah and zachary levi plays chuck and the warner brothers show chuck that was on nbc and he also plays Shazam. You hear that, Mr. Anderson? That's what I'm afraid. Like you, you got everyone has to listen to this episode of this podcast while you watch this movie, or there may be little blank spaces here and there. So I apologize for that. Well, you could all you could go back and you could cut out those blank spaces. I don't know how much effort that 
would require but yeah but then then they can't watch it with the movie you know because then it'll like truncate but it down the too much real matrix fans will know what yeah too so that's when neo embraces like that he's neo kind of like when uh finn embraces like that he's uh jedi scum when he kills um phasma in the last jedi which is and- one of my favorite things this subway, the subway, it says loop on the front uh, of the train when it's coming in the almost hit Neo and it does hit Agent Smith. I think yeah. that's the same train when they go uh, in in one of the sequels. Oh, okay. We'll have uh, to like check that, train. remember it for when we watch the sequel. Keep your eyes open. Keep your so- eyes on the Sentinels. Also, so I, I'll have like a viewing, like there has to be a, a watch list for this, like a viewing order for the matrix, which I've been trying to come up with because it's obviously the matrix and then it's the animatrix. Well, yeah, but first it's the matrix, I feel like, and then it's final flight of the Osiris, which we'll have to watch next. And Mm -hmm. then technically I would say it's entered the matrix, the game. And then you want to go back and watch the matrix reloaded. And then the Matrix Revolutions, but then there's also episodes two through nine of the Animatrix, which I don't know where they would come in. So we'd have to figure that out. They're probably dispersed through, like during this film, or even before the first movie. I think, like, yeah. stories about living in the Matrix, or like the or fights not involving Neo during the Matrix. And those could happen. Yeah, we should have probably watched the war that happens before this movie. Like that Maybe sets we up. Actually watch that next. We just have to find a, a good way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And Neo is about to become like super Neo, or he's really he's going to combine his coding with Agent Smith very soon in this hallway. Well, I think this is when he just learns to to make the choice, right? Like he he is the one. Yeah. That's so cool, like the old lady turning into the agent and throwing the knife at him. And it's just a simple like cutaway, and it cuts back. Like, it's the old lady with the knife, then all of a sudden you see the knife being thrown at him, and you're like, what? And then it cuts back, and it's like an agent instead of the old lady. It's so cool. So really simple. Filming. Yeah. Yeah, this movie has such brilliant, like, simplistic, uh, like, uh, special effects sometimes. It's really great. Well, that's I think that's the thing. It's like they're not even special effects. They're just traditional filming techniques that yeah. just work. Yeah. The classic and they work so well. There's no reason to do something crazy. Wow. I'm, this is the first time rewatching this film in a while. I mean, the graphics aren't terrible. They haven't held up like especially well, but they're not especially bad either. Yeah. Maybe like, in another 10 years, like the Sentinels will look real, real bad. Yeah, it was like in low light, so it didn't look too bad. I'm sure if it was in brighter light, it wouldn't yeah, look as good. Definitely by design. Yeah. Definitely by design. Yeah, $60 million, man. That's all they had. And then you make four times no, four times your budget? No, two, like like eight times your budget if it made 460, 120, 240, yeah. Well, that's when they knew, oh, we have to milk this for all it's worth and make two more, please. Yeah. Back to back and then release them in the same year, which I feel like they wanted to release them months apart. 
and instead yeah, they're like days like, apart. Instead yeah. they released them like six months apart or four or something like that. I thought they didn't even want to do it initially. Probably kind of given one an offer they couldn't refuse type situation. Yeah. And I feel like the mythology, like they either understand it more or they don't really retroact, but like they kind of like may like Neo's the one, but they reference that he's more than just the one. He's like the anomaly in the sequels instead, which I think is interesting. So right. he the one per se not the singular only one he's the one of this matrix version yeah yeah right? so, and like, the one that's special yeah and the one is the anomaly which like so they like emphasize like he's like a negative thing in the sequels but the agents do anyway yep and he just got shot so now neo's dead so that's it that's the end of the movies they were originally going to cut the movie right then and there, leaving the audience with a with a with malaise and uh, depression <laughs> when they left, left the theaters. But it didn't uh, didn't test well with the uh, with the test audiences. Test so audiences went, turn out like main characters like staying alive at the end of at least the first movie, maybe not the third yeah. one. The third movie, they 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 were okay with the. Uh, with a little mystery behind behind that. It's just like reckless lasers being shot into the ship right now from the Sentinels. Like, it's fine. I know, and the lights are still on. Everything is fine. It's funny. I know he's wondered that spaceships that are just taking like constant damage. But all like this like it's just like sparks flying. Where are these sparks coming from? It's not affecting any of the systems they're connected to. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, I know in Star Wars, I'm sure, I think in this, too, they have, like, shields. So they have, like, these, like, like, uh... Oh, I, this I, is a sleeping beauty moment, by the way, and this might be a very Wachowski thing to do, where it's the female character waking up the male character. Oh, for sure. Brown. With all the sparks uh, going off. Well, I mean, the point being that, like, you know, he may be the hero, but he's, she's what gave him life. Like, her... Yeah kiss supposedly right definitely and i feel like that i feel like this is going to play into the matrix four maybe which is why they both have to come back in the matrix four it's because like maybe trinity and neo are like part of the same code to a degree yeah, or like that. they're maybe both they're the one yeah and neo's the one and trinity is well she's the three i guess right she's trinity the other one yeah Right, the Holy Trinity, supposedly, I think is... I'm Would sure Morpheus, that's... Morpheus be the second? Morpheus is... I don't know. He's just... He's like a facilitator. He he was the one who was who just lets the one know that he's the one, right? Yeah, he's the believer. Now, now uh, Morpheus now is... Or sorry, now Neo's seeing in green. He's seeing the Matrix code and everything. Right, the green code, and this is before they bothered going next level with the gold code in the future movies. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, one arm fighting. And not even trying. And now he just, like, jumps into him, right? I believe he actually does that kick right there. That whole move is, that's all 
Keanu, which is pretty That's impressive. Great. That's really high kick. And boof jumps right into Agent Smith. And this, you know, I always wonder if that has like oddly some kind of like sexual connotation, not in a graphic way, but it's like another someone else inside of you trying to get out. I mean, maybe. I mean, that doesn't look amazing. The explosion. Yeah. That's cool. The walls bending when he like flexes. Yeah, he's he's zenned out. So badass. And he just looks at these two agents and they just run away. Which is odd. I mean, why? It's strange that the code would think to run away. Yeah. I mean, that's just a weird comedic choice. Yeah. I guess maybe if in their coding, if they see like another agent get destroyed, then they should run away. Right. Because Agent Smith completely gets obliterated, technically. But really, I think like his code merges with Neo's. So then, like, whenever his code gets resurrected, he has part of Neo in him, kind of like Voldemort and Harry Potter, how they both have each other inside That's of right. them. That's right. In the second movie, I think they do talk about that. Yeah, he's able to like know where Neo is or something. Yeah, which again is very Voldemort, Harry Potter. They kiss again. Their their kiss in this movie, like when you're saying that Sleeping Beauty moment, again, I keep going back to this, but it reminds me of The Last Jedi when um, when Rose kisses Finn and there's explosions in the background. and But then instead Rose passes out um, and then Finn like brings them back to safety. I mean, it's another common trope, right? But yeah. System failure. But also, the the creator of um, the creator of Photoshop created that uh, that or came up with what Rose says at that moment. Like we um, we don't win by by killing what we hate, but by saving what we love. The creator of John Adobe, Adobe. yeah, Noel John Noel, he came up with that quote, that line. And so we're at the end now of the Matrix. Uh, we have Neo and like his like. He's got a no really around anymore. How are they getting in and out of the Matrix? There's no what payphones anymore. That's true. I don't know. Maybe yeah. there's just like these leftover payphones that you see, or there's special Verizon Pepsi cell phones that they have. Oh yeah, no. There's definitely going to be iPhone marketing. Yeah, without a doubt. Half it's going to be some type. The Matrix gonna is going to be like an app now or something. Oh, yeah, I can see AR or VR tie-ins. Rage Against yeah. the Machine plays the final That's the, uh, great. trailer theme. Joel Silver believed in the Wachowskis. That's why this movie was made. Old Joel Silver. And only Lana is coming back, not Lily, for some reason. Mm. Maybe they had um, creative differences. Or yeah. Lily's just not interested. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We, you then, know, for the next uh, for the next um, uh, pod podcast where we talk about the future, 
the next Matrix movies, we should try to get one of the Wachowskis on with us. Oh, yeah, I think that would be possible. I mean, like I said, lot, like neither of them are doing anything right now because of COVID-19. They should be, right. they would be almost finished filming the Matrix rebooted. Right, and we, I want confirmation. I want from the horse's mouth on the next episode. Yeah, we'll try to get Lily on. We'll we'll try our best. We'll see what happens. Well, we know Lily's definitely not busy. Yeah, Lana might be busy because, like, as Lana was directing and writing the new Matrix movie, so maybe re maybe maybe she's rewriting it. I'm not sure. Well, we can definitely okay. get Lily. She's probably busy. Yeah. So there's no post credit sequence in this movie either. Well, there's no. Was there? No, there was a post credit sequence, right? In the second one, was there? I, I think, think in the second one. But no, I mean, when this movie finished, I think most people assumed that was it. There wasn't going to be a sequel. So there wasn't. I mean, this is before the really there were that many post credit sequences anyway, right? Yeah. No one really expected a post credit sequence unless it was a blooper reel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the next movie that would have it would be Batman Begins, I think. They have the like the Joker, um, the Joker card post credit sequence. And now it's Marilyn Manson as the song, which is pretty great. Very 90s, very 99. Uh, John Toll is going to be the director of photography for The Matrix 4. Uh, he won an Oscar for being the cinematographer for Braveheart. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, I don't doubt that the movie itself will be inc- like, I think it'll be quite the cinematic experience. At least we can only hope so. Will it live up to the original or even the the, the original sequels? That's yet to be seen, right? But yeah, like, if it's if it's got the name Matrix and at least one of the Wachowskis are involved in the making of it, there's a chance that it could be, you know, maybe they're going to try to catch lightning in a bottle again. Yeah. Movie. Supposedly, too, the Merovingian, played by Lambert Wilson, is coming back, and Jada Pinkett Smith is coming back as Niobe, supposedly. Well, I mean, how much older will everyone be in these films? I mean, literally and and, uh, thematically, I mean, so much time has passed. It's right to see these characters that have aged as much as they may have. Yeah. Also, um, let's see. Yeah. Yeah. They're just code. Yeah. They're just code. They can look however they want. That's what I don't understand about like the sequel. Like Morpheus is like much bigger. Lawrence Fishburne, like he used a lot of his matrix money for food. That's all I'm saying. And like when Morpheus is in the Matrix, you think you can make yourself look however you want, so you'd make yourself look maybe a little skinnier? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, yeah, they said, they. that's right, you can dress however you want, but I guess they, they, they didn't care. Yeah. There's only so, so much they were worried about. Yeah, so the Matrix rebooted. The Matrix fork is going to be coming out May 21st, 2021, supposedly. Uh, maybe I'll get delayed now because of COVID. Who knows? Additionally, let's see. Neil Patrick Harris, Priyanka Chopra, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Jessica Henwick, Jonathan Groff, who I love, Toby Anwumire, Max Rymelt, 
Arindira Ibarra, Andrew Caldwell, Brian J. Smith, and Ellen Holman have all been cast in the movie as well, supposedly. Right, unless it's all a trick. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, supposedly Zach uh, Penn was, like, writing that Michael B. Jordan... um, morpheus prequel reboot uh without the wachowskis but like you know that never uh that never happened hmm so what would would you have thought about that if that actually got made uh wait sorry say again which okay so zach penn uh who wrote who co-wrote the avengers he was tasked to write a Matrix prequel, supposedly starring Michael B. Jordan as a young Morpheus. Ooh. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. I'm trying to put in, again, I'm bad with names and faces. Michael Jeez. B. Jordan as a young Morpheus. Oh, man, that could have been cool, actually. Why the hell not? Oh, was that? I wonder why it wasn't. Um... He plays Creed in the Creed movies. Right. I mean, that could have been a really cool movie. I could right? see thing. I mean, instead of a direct sequel to the Flash Matrix movie. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan also has a first look deal with Warner Brothers, which makes sense because he's Michael B. Jordan. Like anyone named Michael Jordan has a deal with Warner Brothers. Let's be honest here. <laughs> and so also, the, I, found out that, uh, I found out that the Matrix uh, 4's codename is Project Ice Cream. Okay. I mean, that probably has nothing to do with any possible themes, right? I don't think so. Probably not. And we just got to, that's it. We got to the end of the movie. So clap, you, clap, clap. Yeah. I'm going to go back to browse because uh, Grey's Anatomy is automatically going to play for me. <laughs> I don't bet you. Uh, no, I stopped before I even got to see what was going to play next. Yeah. Uh, so that that's it for our uh, the Matrix episode for our, our episode covering the first very first 1999 Matrix movie. Which... I had a lot of fun just rewatching the movie and talking about it with you. I Me mean, too. I, I don't know. I don't think I came across it anywhere as much as an expert as perhaps you were hoping. But like no. I, said, I, I at least had fun. I mean, yes, no, I I disagree. I think you gave some expert opinions. I think you um, brought in some expert judgment throughout the course of this discussion, of this discourse. What I hope to do now is like, and I already explained this to you off the podcast, was that, you know, I have that book and you mentioned it, The Matrix and Philosophy. It is dense. It is dense because it's, it's written like academic papers are each chapter. And so unless you have sort of like the... Uh, the the academic mind to cull through those those chapters it can be a little little heavy reading but i'm going to try again at least for the sequels and then i can kind of pepper in some more information that i've learned perhaps absolutely and i'm getting through the enter the matrix right now so we'll see how the kind of expanded universe fits into the next movie the matrix reloaded in our quest to fully understand and uh I like fully understand what the Matrix universe is. <laughs> our hope is by the end of this particular Matrix podcast series that you're putting out, we will become 
the experts that we say we are. That's right. That's it. That's the goal. That is the goal. So I'm going to be reading the comics. I hope you are too. Uh, yeah, I got to look for them. I got to hopefully get them in paperback. I'd like to read them in paperback, but if you find a digital copy, let me know where to find them. Let the people know where to find them. I'll let them know. Also, um, I know Path of Neo, the game is like, you know, the Matrix game where you play as Neo. And I think it has an alternate ending that's different from the Matrix Revolutions where like all of the Agent Smiths like form a giant Agent Smith like with their bodies. So it's like it has a different alternate ending than so like the a, movie. Like a, uh, like a Power Rangers type situation. Yeah. Robots come together to form different limbs of one bigger robot. Exactly. Exactly. I thought so. I mean, that's pretty clear. Yeah. So do you have any final thoughts of the final Matrix? I mean, of sorry, of the first Matrix movie, Matt? Mm, I mean, it, it set the bar. Not yes. only for the future films that have come out since then, but for your future podcasts. Yeah. You know, it sets a high bar, but I think it's something that I th- we, can, we can try to only hope to reach. The Matrix is a, it's a tricky film because it's kind of touched upon so many different uh, themes and and, mo- and and different uh, like movies and the way it's inspired so many different things in our in our culture. It, to, to talk about it on in one podcast or even several podcasts is always just going to be scratching the surface. So absolutely, it's just it's just fun to kind of revisit it. What what did you say? How long has it been? How many years is this since 1999? God, 21 years now. It's still relevant, I would say. Still relevant today. It still holds up very well. Uh, yeah. Specifically, this one. We'll see if the second and the third one hold up, and the Animatrix it's not as popular as the first one. No, but this is great. That was a fun watch through. It's a very very good movie. You can see the influence that current movies have for it too like i saw a lot of the last jedi in this movie um i see a lot of they're like i mean obviously all these like slow motion films nowadays like um sherlock holmes 2 comes to mind but like there's a there's a lot of films that uh, utilize the slow motion effect that started in this movie yeah or so we think at least right i mean this is the movie where it's most celebrated yes it's not the first and that, oh, that's yeah, true. But I mean, Equilibrium definitely had it before this, and it was in commercials before this for sure, without right. a doubt. Certainly not the first movie that even touches upon the topics of the, that the Matrix brings up. I mean, Existence comes to mind. Equilibrium, like you mentioned. I mean, there's, we can even talk about that stuff more. But this is about the Matrix, and so I'm riding that train all the way home to the home station. The Matrix set the bar. The Matrix set the bar, and we're going to raise the bar uh, next. The next um, Matrix episode, which is going to be about Enter the Matrix and the Matrix Reloaded. So enjoy that and the Animatrix. We're going to so it's going to be a lot in that next episode. But we'll, yeah, but we will be watching through. It'll also be a commentary track for the Matrix Reloaded. So uh, look forward to that and your feeds. I am going to be on a another person's podcast that's right i think i remember you mentioning this to me which is super cool well okay um i was just on an episode of a podcast called the conversation which is a donkey kong universe podcast is the donkey kong universe podcast 
I'm on the episode for Mario Golf parenthesis Game Boy Color, where we go over the game Mario Golf for Game Boy Color. And That's it's one of my favorite games. And yeah, I talked to Heil, who runs the podcast, uh, who, who's been running DK Vine since, the, since 1999. And I've been going to that website since 1999. I actually wrote in a fan letter back then in 1999. You bring that and up? I don't actually. Um, bring up other things. Uh, but don't bring up that fan letter for some reason, or, you know, that letter from back in the day. But uh, yeah, but then I'm also going to be on a Looney Tunes podcast. This is great. You're, you're really playing to your, to your, uh, to your knowledge. And why not use that knowledge on, on these like specific podcasts? I mean, I'm sure they appreciate it. Right. So there's another podcast that is called the This Means Podcast. It's a Looney Tunes podcast by and for uh, Looney Tunes fans. And it's hosted by Jonathan Graves. Jonathan was nice enough to invite me over to his podcast. And so we're going to be discussing Scoob and like this greater Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe that they're building in that movie. Send over the links. I'll check him out. For sure. Yeah, I'll send you the conversation and I'll send you um, the This Means podcast link when when we film that or record that. Yeah, we're recording on Wednesday, so should be exciting. So um, I guess for the 18WB podcast, I have been Chris Booker Taylor and you can say you, Matt. Oh, and I'm and I'm Matt. Matt, the Matt. <laughs> the 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 not mattress. Matt Vicari. Matt Victory. And that's all, folks. Rawr! This has been a full dinosaur production. <laughs>